Bill, how are you today? Good, Glenn. How's it going? Hey, coach. Hey, coach. Lou. Six and zero. A win on uh, on Thursday night. Now you got all of this time off before you play on uh, on Monday. So give it you a, a a chance to maybe look at some stuff through the first six games. A little extra breathing room before this next game to figure out what you need to really work on. Oh uh, sure, yeah, yeah. It definitely gives us uh, you know opportunity here third of the way through the season to you know look back and try to um, you know just see where where we are on some things and take a look going forward. Yeah, I want to go. I want to go back to just the Thursday night's game real quick because um, you guys stayed in the one personnel grouping almost the entire second half. I know it's not unheard of, but base and I know every win is important and it's rewarding. But was this one a little bit more rewarding based on the fact that how you guys were able to navigate it and just kind of overcome all the adversity that you guys had to deal with in that second half? Injuries. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's as you know, that's the NFL, so it's always uh, it's always challenging, uh, but. Yeah, uh, we had some guys really step up, and uh, we didn't have a lot of flexibility. Uh, so I thought the players, coaches, did a good job of you know, managing the situation and making it work. So guys like Jacoby Myers and Gunner, I know Brady's talked a lot about, you know, you want to rely on your veterans, the young kids. Maybe it's not fair to count on them, but those two guys in particular, along with Izzo, I would imagine, stepped up and maybe not a, a normal role that they're accustomed to when everybody's healthy. Yeah, no, those guys played a lot of football. Um but again, uh, that's that's the way it is. You go into the game, you're one play away from having to play a lot at whatever position you play. So that's that's the way it worked out, and uh, you know they, they they did some positive things. Yeah. It wasn't perfect, but uh, they did some positive things. When you look at your defense, and it's been so good, um, is it tempting sometimes to be careful as to what you say on a daily basis to the defense? Because I know a lot of these press conferences you do, people are trying to get you to say this about Jamie Collins or this about another player. They've been terrific, don't get me wrong. But we're six games into the season, and I know you always take the very cautious route when you're dealing about the completion of what it is at the end of the season. Yeah, well, we're week to week, so... um you know, whatever happened last week or didn't happen last week, does I don't know how much bearing that has on on this coming game. So we have to prepare for this game and um, get ready in all three phases for the Jets and what they do and uh, how they're going to attack us and you know what we can do about it. So that's that's really where we're at this week. It's not about what did or didn't happen in the past. But you know the outside noise. The outside noise. This is a historically great defense. Yeah, that's the way it always is. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think of the nickname, the Boogeyman, for your linebackers? <laughs> They've come up with this thing. Yeah. yeah, again, worse folks than the Jets. <laughs> yeah. well, let them worry about that. <laughs> Yo, Coach, there was um, – uh, so was, uh, Jacob Johnson uh, is on IR. It's been reported that Ben Watson was re-signed. So I want to know if there's anything official on no. your end. Okay. No. It's Got a roster spot, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yock's going to go on IR, yes. So Yock's on IR, Devlin's on IR, so no fullback. I guess, I guess no technically fullback <laughs> on the roster. Can you guys – anybody on the roster that could – Jump in there and play that position? Well, again, that's kind of the first question we had is kind of looking at where we are and what our options are and seeing what we can do. Um, so that's what we're looking at. So is there like a Richard Seymour type that you can put back there, a Tom Ashworth or a Dan Klecko? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think Dan's on the roster. Uh, <laughs> a type uh, of that guy, a like, guy like him. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, again, there's it's a question of what you, know, what you want to try to do, what your options are, and uh, what the commitment is and so forth. So we'll look at all of it, try to do what we think is best. 
You know, I know today you talked about getting Nikhil Harry back and what's in store and what's in front of him as far as physically, mentally getting back into this. I'm just curious, going back to camp, what you saw in him, obviously first-round wide receiver, big physical guy, what did you see in camp that maybe would get you excited to have this guy back or, or just think that he can, he can help you in a few weeks from now? Yeah, well, we only saw him for two weeks in camp. He he was injured in the Detroit game, and um, he's making progress, but he had a long way to go, and some time's passed, so he's been able to do some things. There have been other things he hasn't been able to do, uh, so um, if and when he gets back on the field, then we'll move from there and evaluate those those areas. You were talking about getting back up to speed, you know, practicing at a level you guys are at right now. Is it... Hard enough probably for a veteran to kind of miss this amount of time, let alone is it even harder for a rookie coming in and trying to get reacquainted with Brady in this offense? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to rank them, but it is what it is. We'll take it one day at a time, and whatever we can do, we'll do, and try to improve from one day to the next and see where it takes us. But he's been getting mental reps, and he's he's in meetings, sitting with the team. It's not like he's – Yeah, sure. Right, okay. Mm Uh, there's a bunch of coaches this weekend are, are displeased. Uh, not a single coach won a challenge for pass interference, the new rule this year, Bill, or the no call in uh, week six. The original call has been upheld on 24 of the past 25 PI uh, challenges. And it looks like they're trying to prevent a disaster from like what happened in the NFC championship game in New Orleans. Does it in any way, looking at the results of that, taint the way you would throw the, the red flag out there and challenge one of these P.I. calls? Because when you look at the replay of these, certainly it looks like it could be overturned. And even the guys, the analysts, who are the former referees who are sitting in the broadcast booth now are sitting there going, I don't know what they're seeing. Clearly, that's past interference, but they're not calling it. They're not overturning it. Uh, well, I think it's been pretty clear that, that the league's come out and said it has to be clear and obvious. And um, what the definition of that is, I'm not sure, but it's – I don't think there has there can be much gray area, or they're not gonna. It's not clear and obvious. So, um, I, I mean, I can see most of what they've. Done. I haven't studied all of them, but a lot of the ones that the that have been, I've observed or been in our games. Um, I can see why they were called the way they were. Look, there's a lot of close calls in this league. I mean, they could. Go, I mean, so many calls go either way. It's it's so competitive. The athletes are spectacular, and there's it's such a fine line. Um, but. Uh, when it's not clear and obvious, then they're clearly not going to overturn it. They've, they've said that. So clearly is something that they're trying to prevent uh, what happened in New Orleans last year. So if you get something that in any way is question, that you think is close, you're just you're going to pass on it. Well, no, I didn't say that. I, I, we would look at it. If it's, if it's obvious to us that the call was missed, then I would challenge it. Yeah, but it would have to be clear and obvious. All right, so Sam Darnold this week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you probably already, if you didn't watch the game, maybe you already kind of evaluated it. Yeah. Um, how has he changed? Only second game of the season, so maybe there's not much there. But how has he changed since last year? Uh, well, we saw him in the opener against Buffalo. I mean, Sam's a, a very talented player. He's a big, strong kid that can make all the throws. And is athletic and run uh, and is strong in the pocket. He can uh, hold off rushers and. They'll throw guys hanging on him and that type of thing. He has a lot of confidence, and I'm sure they have a lot of confidence in him and the things he can do. This changes their offense, I would imagine, from the last time you saw them, obviously. It kind of opens things up more, you know, rather than Luke Falk back there at quarterback. I mean, Sam's a very good, talented player, and, uh, you know, he made a big big throw to Anderson, and but he had several good throws in the game. Yeah. Hit a lot of play-action passes, and, and uh, again, a strong in the pocket. And, 
he's a hard guy to bring down. You know, I'll go back to that game on Thursday night. You guys in that goal line situation, I know Brady ran a couple of them in. And because of the injuries up front, I know that one time Bolden actually got the ball at the goal line. What went into that as opposed to maybe Sony Michelle, who normally is that goal line guy? Uh, yeah, on the touchdown. The touchdown, I think yeah. he ran it in. Just yeah, I mean, look, Brandon's a big pack. He can, Brandon can play on all downs. So can Sony. So, I mean, whoever's in there, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It wasn't personnel or anything or just. Oh, I mean, we, again, we substitute different people for different reasons, but it's every time we put Sony in and run the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much everybody can figure that out, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> hey, says, he? Brandon Bullman <laughs> earned more, um, more reps based on his, uh, his accomplishments and just kind of. Always kind of making plays when he gets the opportunity. Uh, sure, he has, and and he's gotten some opportunities this year based on um, you know James White missed a game and uh, Rex has, has missed a little time. So um, you know he's kind of our fourth back, but really become our third back in situations, and and he's a good one because he can play on all four downs, first, second, third, and and of course fourth down. So uh, he's a very valuable player for us. Getting back to uh, Darnold and the um, and the Jets. <clears throat> Do you do you think they they'll open some stuff up? Adam Gase is a terrific coach when it comes to quarterbacks and whatever, because of the skill set that Donald has compared to what they've they've used, that they're probably going to open some things up on Monday's game. Well, yeah, um, Adam's a very good um, play caller, coordinator, and game planner, and uh, we certainly had plenty of trouble with him in the past, and um, had some with him in the first game this year. So I'm sure that he'll create problems for us as he always does, and. Uh, he has a good quarterback. He is um, you know, good, very good, a good running back, and excellent receivers, and uh, you know, tight end that can all catch and be productive, and you know, have different roles. So he does an excellent job of using those guys. He used uh, you know Powell and Montgomery as backs, along with Bell last week, and um, same thing with the receivers, moves them around in different locations, and you know, mixes the tight ends in and so forth. So um, his game planning is good, and and I'm sure he'll create problems for us. He always does. Is there a certain method that you teach to deal with Levy and Bell? He seems to be different than most runners. There is that stutter step day where he freezes you for a split second. Is there there's something to the way you defend a guy like that, running back? Well, like any any run back, if they have space, it's trouble. If there's no hole, then, then it's hard. So best thing we can do is not let them get started. That goes for all backs, just to uh, play with good gap control and leverage and um, you know, maintain our position and not create those spaces for him. It's easier said than done. But, uh, <laughs> that's that's the objective. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what the uh, what how many times you've actually gone against Greg Williams, whether as a head coach or a defensive coordinator. I'm sure it's a lot because you guys have both been in the league a long period of time. Yeah, it's been a few times. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what's the most challenging thing about going against a Greg Williams defense? Well, they mix it up. Um, the, they'll pressure. They'll play man, and they'll they'll play zone. Um, and they have different ways of doing all those things. So, uh, but they they keep you off balance. Um, but you know you're going to get pressured one way yeah. or another. So they attack the line of scrimmage, and they have good players on the front, very disruptive players on the front. Uh, so, and then you have to deal with uh, secondary pressure, linebacker pressure, and um, what looks like pressure, but it's not. It's coverage, and and it could be man or zone backing out of it. And so he does a good job of of uh, keeping you off balance, keeping you moving, and. Um, force and communication on your line with your blocking patterns and uh, if you make a mistake then uh, you know they can send a free runner in there so well kind of like with Jamal Adams on the two-point conversion in last night's game 
Um, they go for two. Jamal Adams comes from depth. I think it was depth. Sneaks his way through there, and it was a big part of why that play was incomplete. Right. Well, um, yeah, Dallas is in an empty formation, so they had five blockers. Jeff brought six guys, so somebody would have been free. Um, and, you know, the rusher got there about the same time Prescott released the ball, and, you know, it was an incomplete pass. But that's – anytime it brings six against five, yeah, somebody's going to be free. So that's – Right at the, the middle. You, you just got to beat it, yeah. You know, we were just talking big picture on the league. Like, last year it seemed like these offensive-minded teams were the better teams in the league, whereas this year yourself and Buffalo and San Fran's more defense. Do you, do you see a trend? Do you, do you see – because it seems like all like, the penalties or the, or the league changes rules kind of helps the offense, yet this year it seems like the better teams are the better defending teams. Is there a, a trend? Yeah, uh, so some of those teams I haven't even seen. I mean, I haven't seen San Francisco. I'm sure they're good. Uh, but I'm just really going to focus on our team and you know try to get us ready to go this week against the Jets. That's really all we can control, and that's that's uh, where our vision is. Yeah, you know how this works uh, nationally. You've got a guy like uh, uh, Edelman, and people look at him as a small little slot receiver and squirrel. Yeah, a little squirrel. And when they're talking Fur. about the real productive receivers in the league. They don't include him in that uh, group. And a lot of people are doing that right now. And you watch this team on a week-to-week basis, and you obviously see how valuable he is in moving those chains. But even more so, and that it's clear he's been beaten up. He had the rib issue or whatever the hell it was. And yet he keeps on showing up perfect attendance for you every single day and every single week. I mean, how valuable is that? Because you see him, you know how much he is to your offense. I'm not sure nationally they're viewing it that way. Yeah, Julian's a very important part of the team. Uh, he's he's very tough. Um, he's a good route runner. He's good with the ball in his hands. He's a good blocker. He really helps us a lot in the running game. He's made some some key blocks for us uh, to um, get guys started on the perimeter plays and uh, to block the force on the inside plays and off tackle plays and things like that. So uh, he has a lot of key roles in the game and uh, he does a great job of them. He he works very hard and takes a lot of pride in in his job and. Um, we know he's tough, and you know he's taking some hits, and he gives some out. Uh, but that's that's his style of play. And, uh, yeah, he's he's you know he's been a good, very good player for us for a long time, and he's doing a great job this year. Still can get separation even in the double team, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, he's got good quickness, good route running ability. He ran a good stutter move on the uh, on the combos quarter coverage, and um, you know Tom made a good throw. We had great protection. Uh, so I have plenty of time to execute that play. But, um, yeah, those are things you sometimes have got to take advantage of. If they're doubling you, then um, sometimes there's space in those doubles if you can hit it right. I was curious if you saw any of the, uh, the taped or probably on tape, whatever, any of the comments from uh, Rob Gronkowski's debut on Fox. No, I Did missed it. Did you have to it. see him pregame? No, I missed it. Well, he was, he was busy. He was a joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, sure yeah, you, you were. were coaching that night. That's right. So Robert Kraft did say some interesting things. The NFL Network about his retirement papers not in. I know Brady talked a little bit about it this morning. And I'm just curious, a guy like this, retirement papers aren't in yet. Is it sort of door open type thing? Or is it up to Rob Gronkowski to feel if he wants to play again? How do you approach it with a guy like that sort of floating out there? Yeah, well, just working on the chats. You'd have to ask Robert about those comments or Rob or I don't know, somebody else. But just trying to get our team ready to go against the Jets on Monday night. That's that's what we're on, and um, we'll do the best we can. 
Do guys ever like, guys on the team ever give you recommendations like, hey, sign my cousin. My cousin's pretty good. Or oh, my nephew. You know, my nephew. That's <laughs> happened. <laughs> you, you. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm speaking uh, yeah, from I've experience. Never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I promise he's good. No, because you know that's the other thing. You know, Brady was talking about lobbying for. He doesn't lobby for players. I just wonder if uh, you know if, if if some of the guys say, hey, listen. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe there is a, a fullback out there, and somebody knows a fullback that may be on the street that's maybe trying to get in the XFL. And hey, here he is, fullback. Yeah, no, sure, that's uh, definitely happened plenty of times, and we and we go to players uh, quite frequently, especially guys that have uh, played with a player somewhere else, or maybe in college or something like that. And uh, if they know about the player, we'll ask them about them, and you know, weigh that in with what else we know. And uh, yeah, sometimes that carries a lot of weight, you know, when they have firsthand knowledge of the players uh skills that may not be as evident uh from the outside in uh, when you're when you're on the team a lot of times you're just more familiar with what the guy is if you've covered him or played with him or so forth so yeah absolutely so i mean I, I'm, I'm going back to the fullback because i'm uh, is it is the fullback one of the hardest positions to find because they just they're not used a lot as they used to be and there's not a lot in college anymore i mean there's not a lot of options yeah, well, right. There's there's not a lot of fullbacks in college. Yeah. Um, I'd say probably at least half of the fullbacks or close to half of the fullbacks in the NFL uh, aren't fullbacks. Or Converted, players like, like yeah, James Devlin yeah. was a that was a college linebacker, yeah. and so there's there's plenty of guys like that too. Uh, and then there's some other fullbacks that are kind of halfbacks, like the Patrick Pass variety, or uh, you know Heath Evans was a mm -hmm. really a, a big back at Auburn and became a fullback. So um, just the true fullback position is um yeah it's not it's not common to find those and um uh, but that doesn't mean you can't develop one uh, but i'd say they're not not a lot of them just sitting mm -hmm. out around out there yeah do you have to change up a lot if you don't have one because you've used one quite a bit here in the last few years yeah when you say quite a bit i i, I mean i don't think we've had a fullback on the field you know over 30 percent of the time very often uh somewhere in the like i'd say 25 to 30 percent range so and some of that's situational, you know, goal line, short yardage, and, you know, four-minute offense, things like that. So certainly there's a place for it, and, it, and it's been a, a key part of our offense. But uh, there are plenty of plays where we don't have a fullback on the field as well. So if that's what it is, then that's what it is. If if uh, we can work that out, then um, great. Then, that, you know, we'll do what we feel like is best. Try to figure it out. All right. All right, you ready? So here we go. Drum roll, please. Uh, so here's our uh, drive of the week. But I'm going to change it. I'm not going to do Drive of the Week. Oh, all right. Wrinkle. So it's going to be a surprise. Well, Lou kind of screwed it up for me, but I'm going to go back there. I'll talk to you about it later. Don't <laughs> 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 me. How'd you get blamed for this? Yeah, it's Thank his you. Fault. Uh, does, does this all the time, Bill. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, so pass, the Drive of the, the Week is brought to you by your Boston area Mercedes-Benz dealers and the Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned event going on now through October 31st. I thought the nickname was kind of interesting because people are trying to, you know, looking at your defense and how historic it could be. And they want to attach a name to it. So over the weekend, um, I did a show with uh, Jermaine Wiggins. And I just want to give, give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down on Jermaine Wiggins, uh, his uh, suggestion. Defenders of defense. Yeah, I'm not getting into the nickname business. We're just trying to How about the Sticky Bandits? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you ever had a nickname? Did you grow up? Because I know Glenn's was Little Earl. It was not. Lou's, Lou's, yes, it was. I've been called a lot of things. Yeah, I've been called Lou's a lot was, of things. Would you be surprised if I told you Lou's nickname was Mouse? I was a little guy. He was tiny. I'm a tiny guy. What do you want me to tell you? Uh, 
Squeaky. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a shock. Bill's not in the nickname business. Well, but I mean, everybody everybody, grew up, everybody grows up with a nickname, nickname right? No, no yeah, nicknames nickname at all. Nickname for a nickname for a defense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not in the nickname, but I was curious if you ever had a nickname. Like your crew uh, growing up. I said I've been called a lot of things. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, you have. I think a lot of them will keep off the air here. Yeah, you can't say them on the radio. Uh, go ahead. You got, you no, that's it. To feel Monday night football against the Jets, so I guess we'll see you here on Tuesday. See you on Tuesday. Good luck Monday night. Appreciate it. Thanks, see you Len. later. Chris right, Coach. Thank right, you. Good luck. All right. Bill Belichick right here on OMF.